Hey, um, hope everyone is doing well. I uh, wanted to do a podcast about um, about yoga. Um, so if yoga is a subject you're not remotely interested in, this would be a good one to opt out of. Um, and I, I'm a little afraid that I'm going to go inside baseball on the yoga a little bit. Um, but... I did want to just talk about it because, um, well, it just, it crosses over a lot of where I'm at in my life right now. Um, and so I thought I should <laughs> tell you a story about that. Um, so what led me to yoga? Um, a few years before... I got divorced. Um, I I had my three kids. I was not in the best shape, you know, in any shape, way, or form, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually. Just there was I was not in a great place. Um, and I started exercising with some friends, and I really think that, that was the beginning of. Those were the first steps into me trying to live a healthier life. Um, we start. We started with half marathons, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And we did a few like sprint triathlons and uh, other triathlons. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and in training for one of those, we'd have these fun runs with a group of my friends and. Those were just some great years because, um, I don't know, we were able to process a lot and talk a lot on those runs. Um, anyway, on one of those runs, we stumbled upon a yoga class at the local country club. <laughs> and, um, you know, I start taking yoga. And that led me to <clears throat> a studio in town, excuse me. <clears throat> Um, where I spent, um, God, a year, two years, I don't even know. Seems like a, a, a long time. Um, at the studio, loved all the teachers there. Um, took a teacher training there. Because at, at one point, I'm not sure, it may have been separated at the time, but I wasn't, I still think that that was a point in my life where I was, Hope trying to save the marriage. Not save them. That sounds that sounds awful. I was hoping the marriage could be saved. <laughs> it's a better way to frame that. And my hopes at that point was that our marriage could be saved. Could be. Um, and so I did this teacher training with the studio. Wonderful summer. Um, it was, I think two weeks. Got to know a few people from there. I have people I think that are friends from that experience. So um, that's where I'm like, oh, I'm definitely into yoga. And I, for a moment, for just a moment in time, I thought maybe I could make um, a career of that. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't me. I wasn't a teacher. I didn't like to speak <laughs> in front of people, and. Um, I didn't want to talk. It's just it wasn't it wasn't for me. Um, 
about, I, you know, I have a special place in my heart for that studio because that's where a lot of the, that's where I grieved, I think. That's how I would define those years. It was like a very long grieving process about my marriage. And I know <laughs> that um, some people saw that play out and on my mat. And, um, and I met some cool people through that experience. So it was all, it was, that's how it started me into yoga. Post the divorce, um, but still our divorce isn't settled. I might be off on my timeline here, but um, I was in a really, I was starting a relationship. So it's, anyway, I just celebrated two years. So it was two years ago. Um, I had this feeling that I wanted to, I wanted something more is all I could define it. Um, I needed, I was looking for something and I, I wasn't, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> um, and there was this gentleman in town, older gentleman who teaches this type of yoga that's called Ashtanga. I had never taken a class with him. I was always intimidated by the people that took his class at the studio that I used to practice in. Uh, and um, you know, they all seemed really intense. And I remember they would just sit there and listen to him sometimes at the end of class. <laughs> it was just, it was very intimidating. Um, and also I had a very negative um, imprint about Ashtanga that I got from people who had, who had practiced it at some point and, and then didn't. Um, so I, I just never, I, I remember what, during the teacher training, they gave us like a tidbit of what Ashtanga is. Um, and I remember distinctly this one asana called um, Chaturanga, no, not Chaturanga, um, what is it called? Fuck it, Chakrasana. Uh, <laughs> I remember thinking there's no fucking way, there's no fucking way, you know. And and now it's part of my practice and it's uh, one of my favorite asanas and I love it. And um, That was more of a mental one than a physical one and I love those. Um, anyway, this is where it's going to go inside baseball a little bit. So <laughs> I'm going to try to break it down in layman's terms because now that I practice Ashtanga, I feel like I always have to explain them. Um, because it's, it's, you know, I'll, I've used different ways to describe it. Sometimes I'll say, well, it's a little more um, Eastern based. Or I'll say, um, what else will I say? It's more spiritual based. And that I, I just started saying probably within the last six months. Because up until probably about a year ago, Yeah, yeah, just about a year ago, I um, I started training this corner where I was this incredible atheist. Like, I can't even describe 
the enthusiasm that I had for my atheism <laughs> for so many years. It was just, it, I identified so much with it. It was, a, it was something that I was. I defined myself by. So this podcast is going to kind of cross over between yoga and spirituality, um, my past, my present, my future. So I'm going to bounce, but you're going to have to go with me to, you know, hear the whole story. So let's backtrack. Let's go backwards a little bit. And let me talk to you about how I got to <laughs> before I tell you how I got into, um, I guess, my current spiritual state. Um, but I was raised, I was born Catholic. I was baptized Catholic. And for a many, for about seven, nine, seven, nine, I don't I was, I was, I went to a few years on and off between public school. Some years I went to Catholic school. Um, I would call those the good years. <laughs> um, I said that in quotes, but um, anyway, I was, I was raised Catholic and I didn't really have any strong, you know, when you're raised, um, when you're born into something, you don't really have a choice. So what, and I, I didn't think to question it. Till about um, now, what's the one after confirmation? Around confirmation time, I was like, mm. I actually, I don't think I, I got confirmed. I think I was in like the prep before, it and I was already starting to get some funny looks from the nuns just based on the questions I asked. I was a pretty good kid and good student. I didn't like to get in trouble, but. Um, there was always a part of me that was, that just, and some teachers loved that about me, I would say. I was a critical thinker at a young age. <laughs> anyway, um, around, I mean, a few years, I don't, I don't know, about a year after maybe, uh, I might be off on that, after my brother died, my brother died when I was nine, um, I would say we stopped being Catholic. And again, my family didn't have like family meetings. We didn't sit down and discuss things. Like we, I was never sat down and told, you know, I'm having a moment of questioning my faith and I feel I need to go test some things out. It was nothing like that. It was just, you know, hey, we're going here now. Nope, don't like it here, we're going here. And I, more so than my brothers, got dragged along with the youngest only girl, so I had no choice. I mean, my older brother was involved, but he was always, you know, I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I would have to have him on the podcast to discuss his personal beliefs, but he's, he's, I would say, more religious. My other brother is more Catholic. Like, the, he was, you know, I look at him now and sometimes I laugh because, and I don't know if I say this to him. I know he listens to the podcast, um, but I, if he's so Catholic, that's like the dialogue in my head, and I don't say that in a bad way. I say I've said this to uh, close friends of mine that I feel comfortable with saying that, that that you know that carry that guilt, that just guilt, just constant guilt. And you know, if you think back to if you're like if you're just a young boy, and then and you're growing up hearing the this specific. <laughs> you know, mantra over and over and over again, 
and uh, there's a lot of, you know, everything you do is kind of wrong. Um, but anyway, I laugh because he just, he literally will feel guilty about giving, you know, the sweetest things. Like he just, um, guilt. I'm probably going to have to edit this out because he probably doesn't want me to say this. But anyway, that was, it was Catholicism. Then it was what I, this is where I lost my faith. It wasn't Catholicism. I actually am going to circle back to Catholicism when I'm talking about my yoga in the future. But um, where I lost my faith was at subsequent Catholicism. was all the other denominations that I was taken to. Because this was a, I would call it, I would name these the fundamentalist years. <laughs> my mom's, you know, journey into spirituality. And, which is a, I believe this is my assumption, a, a 180, half a percentage, right? Shit, I suck at math. Um, but it's a complete turnabout from what I suspect is, my mom's authentic self, which is this, you know, um, I don't know, just as a attractive, sexy woman who, um, but I, I didn't know her in that phase. I, I'm going based on pictures and just piecing, I think her very interesting story together. Um, But I knew her as, she was my mom, during, mostly during the fundamentalist years. And at that time, so throughout these, all these, and I'm talking every denomination, I saw everything. Um, <laughs> everything, from the tarot cards down to Pentecostal, to Southern Baptist, to the Southern Baptist that drink, to Southern Baptist that don't, I mean, the whole gambit. And, um, that's when I lost my faith. That's when I was like, just, uh, the things that were said from the pulpit during those years and not necessarily every weekend, but enough that I was like, what, that, what, what, um, it just felt like a level of hypocrisy that I just couldn't swallow, um, It sounds really judgmental. I'm like, I need to give more, <laughs> more backstory to it. But I guess it's a combination of, okay, this is what my mom believed, but this is how my I was treated at home. I just, you know, the fact that I wore red lipstick or thought about sex did not make me a bad person, even though that's the message that I was repeatedly getting. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, or about homosexuality or just other things that the, and this might be more my hair, you know, um, Hispanic heritage than these religious, though, I don't know, I mean, that probably could be said true, but the, the subserviency of the woman role, which I never made sense to me. Like I never as a child, I looked, I looked at my mom, she's the one. They carried the heavy lifting. She carried, she's the one that dealt with everything. Well or not well, she, I mean, she was the woman. <laughs> and my aunts, 
I don't remember, like, I'm not, no offense to the men in my family, but the men in my family, I'm not like, oh, wow, you know, so impressed. <laughs> but the women, fuck yeah. Yeah, they were the ones that carried the kids and worked and, you know, got to this country and, um, I don't know, I just, I've always thought women, um, I, it just never felt authentic to me that any religion or any society or anything make the woman um, feel less than the man. Though I never verbalized that, I don't think. Uh, I don't remember having any discussions with my friends or anyone, but you know, it's something that I, I could kind of articulate now. Um, anyway, I'm, I know I'm going all over the place. So the past. So that that gives you the history so at some point I, I i remember when i was just at that obnoxious teenage age you know i i when i have a discussion about religion with people which is very rare and they're usually lovely and extremely intense um i mean i know or i knew i, I don't recall anymore but i had to go for many years to bible class and um and study and there's so much that I, I was just that obnoxious teenager that I questioned and I didn't get, I didn't get the answers, um, that I needed at that time to believe in it. And so when you combine that with, this is what you're telling me, you know, this is the life that we're supposed to lead. And I don't know, I just, it did not make sense to me. Um, anyway, that was the past. So I was, I was a, for a long time, for a very long time, um, an atheist. And I was an atheist before people were comfortable with saying that they were an atheist. Like, I think that's pretty at least for, it feels like to me. I mean, I, I remember I was at a book club within the last um, 10 years, and it was, we were discussing something, some book, I don't remember what, and I said something, and a dear friend of mine turned to me and said, wait, you're not Christian. And, yeah, you know, I, I was like, well, what, <laughs> what do you mean that I believe that Jesus was the Son of God and born of a virgin? Because, no, I am not, I don't. And this look at, like, horror, and then, oh, wait, like, she walked her way through, like, she's not a bad, like, that I'm not a bad person, or that she, you know, it didn't change her opinion of me. But um, it, it was not a, um, it's just not something, it's, but I, I don't know. You know, I'm sure if you're listening to this in San Francisco or New York, you're like, what the fuck? But in Wilmington, North Carolina, you do not say you don't believe in Jesus without expecting a raised eyebrow. <laughs> uh, but that was a few years ago. And, and then that was, you know, I don't know. I just wasn't really thinking about God in any way. I had no, you know, no spirituality at all. Um... But I, I, I was still, I will say, I was still, and I still think this about 
everyone and anyone that, you know, I was a good person just because I didn't believe or go to church. Um, I, I, that was never a big problem for me. Like I, I never was ashamed of that. Um, just, you know, made election cycles annoying <laughs> and, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, so my present, so I, I am an atheist. Uh, ironically have raised two, um, I believe in science atheists who, now that they are at that obnoxious age of teenage years, I find myself on the other side arguing that I believe that I'm, I'm part of something greater, that I felt grace, that I have, um, felt, you know, peace <laughs> and know the difference of feeling that connection with people and being alive and, um, being present versus not versus just existing and functioning and getting through your day <laughs> with the excellent Facebook profile. <laughs> but, um, so, okay. Atheist, atheist, atheist. Um, so I also, as I got dragged from Catholicism to fundamentalist and, you know, kind of leapt into atheism, I didn't even go agnostic. I like straight. I know. I remember actually before I think my twins were born, having a conversation um, with someone who was business partners with my my ex husband. Um, I think we were discussing that, and she, if I remember correctly, said something like, "Well, why don't you say agnostic? You know, that just sounds nicer." Um, <laughs> so maybe I flirted with being agnostic for a while. Left into atheism. Um, then just existed for many, many years. Then started to, first it was just about losing weight, but it started on this path to getting healthy. And, and I wasn't, didn't have high expectations. I wasn't looking for, you know, health in all aspects of my life. I was just trying to lose a few pounds. From that, have this extremely traumatic thing occur, which was my divorce. Um, and really needing more. Um, simultaneously, after my divorce, you know, get into a relationship, or the, the next long-term relationship I have, is again with a this flaming um, atheist. <laughs> like he, was, he was just... Um, you know, so for, I couldn't even just, as I started having these thoughts about how I was feeling spiritually, I didn't feel comfortable. And he and I were actually very close and to not be able to share this with him because I kind of felt it just, you know, didn't feel comfortable discussing it. Um, and I, I my feet were kind of being dragged into this, like, oh. And it wasn't, it wasn't my teacher, and it wasn't, it isn't, um, it is my practice. It is, it is my practice that kind of led me to it. Um, 
when I hint, I hinted or foreshadowed that um, about my yoga reminding me a lot about Catholicism. And, and this is something I've kind of said a few times, but what I didn't realize when I, what I missed about those fundamental years, but I, I missed Catholicism. Now, mind you, I had some really, you know, I, I don't agree with the church's policies on many, many things, many things, specifically, you know, how they deal with um, pedophiles, basically. Um, but, but I missed the rituals. I When a friend's child was going having communion, first communion, I just, walking in that church and or a wedding, something about those rituals I missed in present-day yoga. In, in Ashtanga, specifically, when we do an opening prayer and a closing prayer, um, it, it, there's a, it's a very ritualistic feeling to the practice. Um, it's a set sequence. Let me tell you a little bit of Ashtanga. It's a set sequence. It takes about an hour and a half. Um, there, it's, it's not only that you're doing the same postures, but each posture has a specific breath count a specific folk, uh, visual focal point. Um, and it's truly a moving meditation. Um, I, you know, when I see, watch other people practice, it, it's, it seems very reminiscent to like, just a, a um, this rhythmic practice. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Does have a reputation for being um, hardcore, and um, it, it it's by no means um, physically easy, but it's not mentally easy. Um, I think the the discipline it takes to show up on the mat um, is probably for me the the best thing it's given me because I never thought of myself as a disciplined person. But I've come to realize that I can be in, and that when I do um, have discipline about things, life's just a little bit better. Um, anyway, uh, you know, about a year. So when I showed up at the Shala, I actually was at the Y when I first met Larry, and then went to um, his Shala, got permission to go to his Shala. The thing about Ashtanga is it's not like a class. It's not like a $20 drop-in class <coughs> at a studio. It is a, it is a, it's, you know, I remember cursing, like, in the last year. I curse a lot, but cursing at the Shala and, like, having that moment like I did when I was a young girl in church. Like, oh, like, no, this is not, this is a, a sacred place, you know, and, um, so Ashtanga reminds me a lot of Catholicism, one of the things that I love about Catholicism. And I came back to thinking, you know, like the mala beads um, for meditation. It reminds me of the of rosary, and there is something soothing about that. There is something soothing about moving those beads within your finger. There's something soothing about saying endless numbers of our fathers and Hail Marys. It's it's To me, it's like, oh my gosh, this is meditation. <laughs> You know, so that was, 
um, it was a cool coming back home, um, having that realization. I think that was the first piece of me walking through that, oh, I might not be this you know, atheist that I claimed to be so strongly for so many years. Um, and then it was, you know, again, my practice led me to other, you know, besides the hate and besides the homophobia and besides the, the sexual, you know, shame, there are some good messages in religion. And some, and I, I felt like the other, the, the ones I just mentioned is all I could hear. I didn't, the good ones, um, didn't seem to be in practice in my life as growing up. So, but there are good messages, you know, forgiveness, kindness, <laughs> turn the other cheek, um, and studying yoga and, and not just the asana, not my astronomy practice, but, you know, starting to learn a little bit about it. And I don't by any means want to sound like an expert because I'm not, I'm a layman at this. I'm studying this. I'm not, this is my, I do not recommend this for anyone else. This is what worked for me. Um, but that's, that's where I'm at. I'm at this place now where I'm like, you know, I felt that I felt that I'm, I'm, part of something bigger, you know, I can walk out and appreciate how everything is connected to everything, and I can practice forget. <laughs> I can practice forgiveness a lot, I can practice uh, kindness, I can be angry and realize that I'm angry, <laughs> um, I can realize you know, when I make a decision based on, not not all the time, like this, is, it's a practice. And the thing about practicing is it's just, you have to always practice. But the more you practice, the better you get at it. But everything is a practice and I fall on all counts all the time. Um, but the basic stuff is the same. It's all the same from all the different religions. Be kind, be honest. Um, forgive. Um, practice restraint <laughs> in all ex things that are excess. Um, I think why I'm attracted more to Eastern or to um, is because they don't they're, they're, the shame component that I feel you can find in Western religions isn't there. I don't from what I've been studying. What I there's no I'm not given shame. I felt in the others that I was um, though I didn't. You know, these are all connections I've made now in my life. This isn't like I was at 13, 14 going, oh, that's shame. <laughs> I had to, like, consume Brene Brown for, study her stuff for a while to, like, oh, okay. Oh, wow, I'm, like, draped in shame. I'm covered in shame. <laughs> I had to let go of my shame. Um, and when I say all this stuff, I just want to pinpoint, I know this could be a hot topic, and if you've listened this far, you're probably, you know, asleep <laughs> but um i don't i don't mean to offend anyone i know people of every i don't know if every that might be an exaggeration but most denomination most of my friends are um you know, 
are anyway all different heights love love um and not and not trying to sound judgmental this is my personal um thoughts and my personal it's not really an opinion it's just my my journey through through it um so present day uh, i have this awesome practice which ironically i'm doing this podcast when i haven't had it for a week because i've uh, been injured and i want to just clarify because if you do practice yoga and you, know, you do hear that ashtanga there's a lot of injury this was not ashtanga that injured me this was me this was my ego me not listening to my body um and i you know so i haven't had it and uh, it's it's been well it's been fine because i've had i have other um tools in my toolbox <laughs> but tomorrow hopefully i'll be back on the mat and um you know i will i'll be good either way anyway i truly hope i didn't offend anyone uh thank you again for listening it's marisol's podcast on itunes um, I hate to ask for likes and stuff like that, but I think that's what you're supposed to do. I think in this new, um, from what I've been able to piece together, this is, you're not looking for, because there's so many podcasts, you're not looking for everyone to listen to your podcast, you're just listen, you're looking for people that will. So if, if you are one of those people, um, you know, feel free to comment or, or whatnot. Um, what else? That's all I got going on. I have a big week coming up. And then <laughs> a lot of my family is coming into town. And I, I know the Netflix podcast is going to be, you know, if this is this podcast is about me coming back to God and spirituality, which I don't know if I, you know, I'll probably, I'm going to India in October. And I'm pretty sure I'll probably have another podcast at that point, being more specific about, you know, present day what I feel, but it's still all very new. Like I, I still, even saying the word spiritual, you know, especially now because everything is spiritual. <laughs> everyone's being mindful and everyone's eat, pray, love, you know, and um, who, again, with Renee Ram, love um, her. I can't, something Gilbert. So but she has a new book coming out um, about creativity. I should look her up. But anyway, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, um, she, I lost my train of thought, which probably means I should end it. See, I could talk to you guys all night. Um, thank you for listening. Um, I feel like there's something I'm supposed to tell you, but I know, oh, big family coming, so I'm sure I'm going to, um, do a podcast about that, about coming back to my family because I also if I left God I left my family too two days after high school graduation <laughs> all right I will talk to you later bye